Welcome to Young Minds of Big Questions. Today on the podcast, we're having a debate with the skeptic. Check it out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Young Minds of Big Questions. My name is Jared. I'm Anthony. What's happening? Good to, good to uh, be with you guys. It's been a... It's been a while. It has we, been uh, a while, huh? You know, it has. We've been busy. Um, life is coming at us. Jared's always doing something. Yeah, that's true. You but know. more, it's more your fault than mine. It, I think I would have to agree with that. Yeah, I am busy. If you guys didn't know this about Anthony, he is uh, his main responsibility is he is a worship leader, worship pastor. I think. Okay. I mean, I'm going to give you that title. <laughs> and uh, he actually, you can find his music on SoundCloud. Some of your songs got, what, half a million plays? Yeah, some of them, you know. Which is pretty sweet. Yes. So it's under the name Hasten if you guys want to go find him. All right. H-A-S-T-E-N. Okay. Go look him up. And uh, But yeah, we've been busy, but we're, we're excited to be back with you guys. And a lot's been happening. We want to uh, make you aware if you didn't know. Um, you can find Young Minds of Big Questions, of course, on Facebook. Um, you can find us on uh, our website, youngmindsbigquestions.com, or on Twitter, YMBQ Podcast. Um, but recently, we launched our YouTube channel. Yes, we have. We've, we've had some interesting comments. Some interesting comments, which, yeah. Which, you know, I'm not a fan of the internet infidels at you, all. You were, you were a little hurt by some of, some of the I don't know remarks. if I was hurt. I just told you, Jared. I told you that this was going to happen. I told you, if you put this online, on YouTube <laughs> specifically, you are going to get a lot of negative feedback. That's, That's right. That's it. But you know, I, it doesn't bother happen. me. It doesn't bother me. I think it sharpens us, right? And in fact, I think we're going to do a podcast where we'll interact with some of the comments I, that people put I, on there. I guess I would be less, I don't know. I, I don't want to say I'm upset. I'm not upset, okay? It's it's just, I if the comments were more substantial in terms of argument, okay? They're, they're more, yeah. you know, it's just it's just a little you some know, of them Some of them clearly didn't actually listen to the podcast right they just saw the title and wrote yeah but anyway we like we we like that right yeah we like it we'd love for you guys to check it out give us a subscribe on there it's um young minds big questions um we uh we are posting all the back catalogs and eventually we'll get all of them of the audio that we do uh audio podcast for on there but we're also recording some short like seven to ten minute videos um so you can see jared and see how hideous he is you yes you can see my deformed face <laughs> and anthony's handsome uh, facial features exactly and we're doing like shorter videos um we've done uh we're doing a couple on like arguments for god's existence and and we'll do some more as well so uh check us out give us a, a subscribe on there watch those videos or if you'd rather listen uh, to the podcast through YouTube you can do that as well okay. so today we're excited we are because we, we're thrilled we're or, thrilled we're it, pumped right we're enthusiastic because we got one of our boys here in studio one, with us one of my best friends one of your best friends I mean I would say he's probably closer to me than you but let's not you know let's not argue about that right now <laughs> but uh we've got one of our one of our buddies here Alex uh and he is uh, he is a skeptic. He uh, we met him about a year and a half ago. I'm not even sure what he believes at this point. Um, <laughs> he's kind of uh, the master of 
argument and debate and uh and uh he he's an awesome dude who we've gotten to know over the last probably year and a half and had some amazing conversation and debate with in fact we just got back from having lunch and for the last two hours we debate everything from politics to abortion to uh church history and (laughs) and a whole lot more Um, i'm not sure what the waiter thought about us but (laughs) no i think they were like wow okay what's happening (laughs) but we're we're excited we wanted to have him he's off of work this week we want to have him in studio to um to have a debate about skeptics skepticism belief in god is it rational is it not and uh and we thought he would be phenomenal to do that so welcome to the podcast alex hey gentlemen thanks a lot for having me i just want to qualify what jared said oh, i am not a master at anything i'm just someone who's who's skeptical about very the world. humble very humble and man. i think we all ought to be skeptics he's in a master debater i'm sorry so i'm very happy uh, to be here and uh, thank you guys for inviting no, me it's good to have you man we're excited and so uh today we're gonna do a little bit of debate little debate about God's existence. Um, maybe some objective morality, maybe some problem of evil. Right. Maybe some objective yeah, truth. Yeah, I think we'll just jump around and see yeah. where this goes. I, I want to start off, though, for, for those listeners to maybe hear a little bit of your story. Why are you a skeptic? I think that in order for a society to function successfully, we have to be skeptics. We can't just accept uh, the rhetoric of those in power, whether it be politicians or religious leaders. So I think it's healthy for our minds to question what is it that we believe you know engage our own assumptions and i think we often do not do that and because we don't those in power can get away with many things we ought to all be skeptics. Do you think Christians can be skeptics? You seem to suggest Of that, course, you know, i think we all should be skeptics. Christians just blindly believe, you know. Well, it seems to me that the majority of Christianity just merely subscribes to the belief without actually questioning it. So yeah. your question is, do you think that Christians ought to be skeptics? Yes, I think you should. I, I think you should question your own uh, theology, uh, not necessarily from the vantage point that you don't believe it, but perhaps maybe you can uh, uh, arrive at a different interpretation. And who knows, uh, sometimes this may fortify your belief. So you're saying... As a, as a, say, as a Christian or a, a believer of any religion, you should look at your own religion with skepticism and you should say, is there actually evidence for this? Um, exactly. Uh, do I have the proper understanding of this? Or are you just believing it because your Sunday school teacher told you that's how it is? Yeah, that is and correct. never question. Yeah, that is correct. Because historically, that's been the case. We just merely believe what we've been told. And uh, I hold very dearly to the values of the Enlightenment. Uh, that was to use reason to question uh, an inquiry. I think uh, a lot was learned from that period, and it still propels uh, modern science and philosophy. And I think we all should subscribe to that. Well, that's the heart of this podcast in a lot of ways, right? Um, we want to challenge people to be thinkers and understand that as Christians, we should and can be intellectuals. And so um, so we're glad to have you, man. Glad to, glad to be here. Well, glad and to be here as well. Thanks. You know, so you're throwing out reason, right? You're throwing out evidence. You're a man who enjoys those type of things. Are you unconvinced about the evidence that has been presented to you or the evidence that you see for the existence of God? Uh, yeah, I think that some of them seem circumstantial to me. So uh, okay. I guess you guys would How just dare have you, <laughs> sir. <laughs> I guess we can just go down and, and the list as to what is is your strongest evidence, and I'll try to see if I can somehow articulate my. Uh, my opposition to such evidence, if indeed I oppose it. What do you think about the fine-tuning argument? Well, um, please lay it down for me, and then I'll well, give you a microtake. So, Dr. John Polkinghorne puts it like this. Uh, he, a theist, by the way, to my listeners, so of course he already has a predisposition. To my listeners. 
<laughs> oh, so Excuse a, me to our so listeners. A th- so a theist is not believable in the way that an atheist no, is believable. No, no. <laughs> I just said that just to make this a little fun. Anyway, continue. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so, so the fine-tuning argument is demonstrably seen when looking at the values of the constants of nature. Um, so when you're looking at these constants, uh, like the strong and the weak nuclear forces, the force of gravity, the electromagnetic force, um, if these forces took on even a slightly different variation, if they were a little bit different, the consequences for the universe and for life as we know it um, would be basically catastrophic. Um, even when looking at the rate at which the universe expands, if it was expanding a little bit faster or a little bit slower, there would be no universe. The universe would collapse in on itself. The philosopher John Leslie had a really good analogy when talking about the fine-tuning argument. He said, look, imagine you were sentenced to death and you found yourself standing in front of 50 expert marksmen blindfolded. Okay, These guys were there to execute you, all right? And so you're standing there, you know, you're freaking out. You're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this is happening, okay? And all of a sudden, you just start to hear shots firing. You hear one shot, two shot, three shot. And, and, and they all missed you. They all didn't hit you. Now, there are a number of things that could have happened. Maybe they did a lot of executions that day and they retired. Maybe they all really weren't expert marksmen and they all just really sucked and they missed you. Or maybe something was working in your favor. Maybe they actually didn't want to hit you. So Leslie gives two explanations. It could be luck, right? You know, these guys may have performed thousands of executions and and you might have been the lucky one to survive it. Or the other explanation would be it was intentional. Okay, so these are some of the assumptions I think you're making. Uh, I think in order for the fine-tuned argument to be more plausible, there's a couple of pieces of information that I think you need to present. First, you need to know how many uh, number of universes exist out there and what are their configurations. Well, do you believe them? I don't think we, we know those, but suppose we did you would then have to know of the type of configurations, mm-hmm. what what number of those configurations are actually conducive to life. So uh, if you're using probabilities, I think you're missing- What if there was no mis- other universes? What if we were the only universe? If we knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that yeah. we're the only universe, that we're tuned this way, then I would be uh, compelled to believe that it, what it ev- was some kind of being. What right. evidence do you have to believe there are other universes? I do not. I do not have much evidence to believe that there are other universes, but that doesn't negate the possibility that they may exist. Okay. But but so you're, you are denying something that is evidence right in front of you in support of some sort of hypothetical fantasy that you have no evidence to support. Wow, that's a strong words, Jared. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, this is I'm what not- bothers me because... Stephen Hawking and and Lawrence Krauss, when you know when they talk about the multiverse, which has received tons of critique from their own scientific community, other atheists who are saying this is untestable. This this I it, it's it's an idea. It's a, it's an idea that's thrown out there because they don't like the implications of design, and so they both admit. You think, but the thing is, that's a little bit of an ad hominem. You think the only reason why people believe that is because there's they don't want to deal with a theistic implication. Well, that's what he's saying. I I do think that's a. I mean, I, I, I obviously I can't judge anybody's motives, right? Right. 
But when you throw out a scenario that is not based on evidence, it's just simply a reaction to the fine tuning of our universe, which is what the multiverse is. Both of those men have openly admitted our universe is incredibly fine tuned for human life. Mm-hmm. To a point that almost appears to be miraculous. And so the only naturalistic ex- explanation, or not the only, but a naturalistic explanation that would avoid us needing a God, which it actually doesn't, we can get into that next, is to create an infinite number of universes. So therefore, the probability now doesn't become an issue. It actually comes down because if there's an infinite number of universes, then surely this universe would exist because there's an infinite number. Right. So it's an attempt. We won the lottery. It's, a, it's just an attempt to take the probability that is astronomical and the fine tuning and say, no, it doesn't really point to a designer because there's an infinite number. Okay, so uh, anyone who has studied mathematical probabilities will see the problem with what Jared has said. Now, he uh, characterizes me as somebody who appeals to, to myth. This coming from a guy who takes his this coming from a guy who takes his life cues from a book that says uh, uh, Jonah got swallowed by a whale. But anyway, but the wow. problem is the probability aspect of your argument. You're missing certain variables for that to be tenable. Well, you I, need to know certain other factors of our no, of the of space, and like other universes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if but you're that's gonna, not if, a known factor. But you're, if you're gonna, you are, it, you're creating. But you have to know that if you're gonna use probability. That's what I'm saying. You can't use probabilities because so let's say what's the probability of me winning the lottery? I I need a benchmark to well let me use another example. If I flip a coin, I know there's two. I I know those two variables in order to make a guess as to what the probability will be to land on heads. So when it comes to the your argument, you don't have those other known uh, fact you don't know those other variables and th- so therefore you cannot use probabilities mathematically. No, because what it sounds like to me is you're suggesting to use your coin flipping argument, you're saying I I'm saying the the probability of me flipping a coin heads or tails is 50/50 and you're saying, "Well, how do you not know that there's not some alien life form that's going to immediately come in and give you a new coin right as you flip it. You don't know. There's there's variables outside of... No, we base probability on what we do know, and, and there's a rational reason to think these things. You're asking, well, we don't know how many other that universes is, are. I'm saying, that is, like, what reason do yeah, we have Yeah, that is correct. Know? We use it on things we do not know, so therefore, we don't use probability with things we don't know. And there's a lot of things out there that we don't know. Number of universe configurations, but that's assuming there are a number of universes. That is why true. Would we, but why he, would you he assume just that? admitted that if if there was only one universe and that universe was ours, it would seem that it would be designed. No, I don't. I don't think I admitted design. You did, you did say maybe that. Something. Listeners, <laughs> listeners, you heard it. <laughs> something, something out there, but um, well, but, well, I mean, but independent. No, because you could. It could be well. I don't know. It could be tuned. I guess. I don't know, by some energy, I don't know. I, oh, I, I know, it's everything you can we, to get from here a personal. Here we go, eternal, no, some eternal it could, it mystical also, energy. No, okay, so, uh, no. so, and, I, and I'm crazy for no, basing let, my let belief me, on a book that, that says... Is that from I'll, Star Wars? I'll clarify. <laughs> so so the listener knows that I'm not being biased. Yes, it could have been a, a, de- a deity. Yes, it could have been that. But we don't necessarily know that based on the probability that these gentlemen are using to point to that. Again, I don't think. it's a cumulative case. So let's go <laughs> to the next one because I think this flows into it. W- let's look at the law of causality. Cause and effect. Okay. Why is there something rather than nothing? Because when we look, the scientific method is dependent on cause and effect. Everything, 
has uh, everything whenever there's effect it has a cause we we know that that's how we do science we base it on that assumption we know that the universe began to exist it had a point of singularity that is agreed upon by scientists right so if time space and matter came into existence that's the effect why wouldn't you based on science reason and logic assume there had to be some sort of cause that must be, again, using logic, timeless, spaceless, and immaterial. And I would add, I think it's a strong argument, also personal, because minds create. Other things, laws don't create. The law of gravity doesn't create anything. It just governs what is already created. So in order for something to come into existence, I think it also points to that thing must be some sort of a personal agent. So timeless, spaceless, Boom, Alex, immaterial, personal. <laughs> Why got, do you not find that argument got, convincing? You got very emotional at the end there. Don't wow, appeal very, to emotion, please. <laughs> I'm not emotional. I've just been very moved by the uh, okay, overwhelming so, evidence for God's existence. Sure, sure. So, um, well, you're not going to concede to what I said earlier that you believe something can come out of nothing. No. Why can't you believe that? We don't. There's no reason to believe that. We don't see that in anywhere else in our universe in the observable universe that is that is not to say that it's not possible well, if you want to appeal to science fiction or imagination <laughs> then fine but in our if you want to again let's stick to logic and reason because that's what we're critiquing christians and religious right, people right, right. if you want to stick to that there is nothing within science that tells us something can come from nothing and even as Hawk, uh Hawking. stephen hawking and, and lawrence krauss define nothing it is not nothing as we would say it so I threw that out there just as an alternative to the listener, but I personally happen to believe that there's always a causal uh, relationship. So I don't hold to that view, but I did put that out there. That's just an alternative. So let's say, yeah, I believe there was an original cause. State your case. How is that personal God? Well, I think... And if you I say cumulative th- again, then you guys no, have lost he, your case he, here. No. I think I think based on logic, and Anthony, you, you feel free to add in on this, but okay. I think based on logic and reason, it tells us if time and space and matter came into existence, the cause has to be timeless, has to be... Outside s- itself, yeah. Has to be spaceless, and it mm. has to be immaterial. Because sure matter about, doesn't... Well, because I'm not sure about the space component it, came it created space and time right. so how could it be a part of space i'm not really sure that okay so th- at the big bang i time began to exist i'm not sure if space began to exist there's a vastness of unknown universes i think exist out there so i think space wait, wait, I don't, wait. there's a vastness of universes I again thi- wh- why okay. why would you, you know think what? that what evidence do you have to think that but why would you deny it just just because because i don't have evidence to believe it why would i deny the tooth fairy why would i deny the the easter bunny because i don't have evidence to believe it and and you're laughing but how is it different it's it's i think there's a little bit more evidence for the multiverse than the tooth fairy. well yeah. maybe that's I mean, true yeah, his analogy is kind of maybe that silly <laughs> maybe that's true maybe there's a little more evidence but i don't think there's there's a lot of scientists who, who don't, don't think, who don't at all think well, the multiverse. You no, know, there's a lot of scientists out there who do believe there is more out there that we just haven't discovered. So I don't think it's uh, on well more on the out level there in of our universe or a lot Outs, of scientists who believe that Outs, there's other universes. From what I've uh, read in science, our universe is is one out of possible many universes. It seems to me you think that our universe is everything. Is that correct? Well, if 
Yes. Yeah. No. I, uh, I, I, well, oh, wait. I wait. Let me say. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. The multiverse could be true, but what I'm saying is, it's untestable. It's a theory. It's an idea that someone came up with in order to explain the fine tuning. So, but but it's an untestable theory. You can't apply the scientific method to it because we can't get beyond our universe. So, my point is, you're saying I think there's a lot of other universes, and I'm going, okay, well. What reason is there to believe that? You see, the problem I have with your view is that you are automatically assuming that there aren't any. No, I'm not. I'm not assuming that. Beca- because I actually think. Okay. I actually think if there is a multiverse, you still apply the same logic to that. Okay. Well, where did that come from, right? So if our what universe you, came into existence, what makes you think you apply the same logic? So cause and effect doesn't apply to the thing that caused our universe. It may not. What, what would make you think that it does? Well, again, now why, we're going back why, to the argument of laws of logic. I mean, why is it that you you're you don't you're not aware of the your own limitations of our minds? Logics are are human construct. They're conceptual. Okay, they're a conceptual tool used to describe our our planetary system. It seems to me pretty daring to say, well, I I know that this will definitely apply in universes that we haven't even observed. Logic is not a construct. Of the human, we didn't we didn't invent logic. Can you can, okay? They, so if no humans exist, if no humans exist, and a tree falls over, is it true to say that that tree fell over? Let me ask you this: Is logic? Uh, uh, just answer the question. <laughs> is that true? Did the tree fall over? If no human exists, yeah, no humans exist. Did the tree fall over? Well, I would have to ask: Is there is there need for an observer for that what? to be true? No, no. Did the tree fall over? Yes or no? Yeah, the law. Okay, so therefore the laws of logic exist outside of the human mind. Let me ask you this. Are the laws of logic a physical material entity that you can touch or are they conceptual? No, they're immaterial. It doesn't mean they're they're conceptual. They're not not conceptual in the way that you're saying. I would say the laws of logic are a byproduct of a greater mind, which obviously I would attribute to God. Anthony? Let me me just do one last point. (laughs) So we take... uh, uh, by logic, mathematical equations should function in any place yes. in the universe, right? Okay. Now, science tells us that Einstein's field equations fail a singularity of a black uh, hole. Well, that's... Go so, ahead. You, you can explain why that's not a good argument. So, my point there was, there are certain logical constructs that I think you're, you're using or you're describing them as absolute across time and space. And I don't, I'm not so sure that's the okay, case. Okay, okay, okay. Just because Einstein's theory of relativity doesn't work in a black hole does not mean that mathematical truths don't exist objectively. I, I don't see how those two things equate, Alex. And and pointing to things in the universe that we just don't understand yet and then saying, aha, therefore truth doesn't exist, or aha, therefore mathematics doesn't work, or aha, therefore the laws of logic aren't real, seems to me to be a deduction that doesn't follow. Okay, so I, I touched on this point early on uh there are such things as paradoxes that that uh would seem to undermine logic in the sense that you're arguing for so we have those things to think about we do disagree about paradoxes i'm not even sure that paradoxes exist in reality i i think by paradox you're talking about a statement that goes beyond common opinion but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's logically contradictory i mean you can't just point to things that we don't understand yet and then deduce from that that therefore the laws of logic are not alex is using atheism of the gaps right there (laughs) (laughs) he's saying because we can't understand it it, it therefore must 
not be good. I would no. say, Alex, look at our past experience. I would say and, that and there's, certainly, there's certain phenomenon out there that would undermine some of your assumptions. And I'm asking for you to consider you those that, before that, you claim those to be absolute truth, which right. you guys seem to do. Like I what? Ju- uh, well, hold on, Alex. I, I, would, I would probably say that... Uh, you're, you're coming at me and saying, oh, well, you believe the laws of logic are absolutely true. So how Across do you Across time and space, right. right. You're, but the thing is, you have to use those laws in order to... Right. So so I'm presupposing logic to, to yes, logic. it doesn't make sense. It's there's contradictory. Cer- there's certain it's things, circular reasoning. There's certain things that we're constrained by and they're be out of our, uh, our, our mind. So anything that I say already bound and constrained by some of the same laws that you... Uh, use as an anchor for your worldview. So naturally, anything I'll say will seem that, that way. But at least I can somehow conceive of an alternative where, wait, maybe just because I'm constrained by those laws, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that those laws okay. are objectively true in certain uh, domains of the universe right, where it's constrained right. by time and space. But you see, Alex, the problem is, is that you are saying the laws of logic are true, dependent, and contingent upon where you are in the universe. What evidence do you have of that fact? As far as we know, the laws of logic are true no matter where you are in the universe. What's really problematic is that you're saying if we go to another universe and we find that the laws of logic don't work, right? Well, how would we know that they don't work unless you're assuming the laws of logic? We're, we're, all, we're using these constructs. Everyone in history, every person that's having a conversation, everyone around the world is using these laws to communicate, to, to understand each other, to make sense of the world. It, they're mysterious. To Let survive. Me, Let it, me it, ask you this. It, it doesn't, it, wait, hold on, Alex. That okay. doesn't seem to you to be a product of something that's bigger than ourselves? No, I never argue that it may not be a product of ourselves. It doesn't seem to you to be something that may be bigger than us, maybe that has, maybe that comes from a divine mind? No, see, that's where it gets a little sketchy. He's smiling and laughing at me. (laughs) No, I never said it, I don't conceive it to be something bigger ourselves. I just, I haven't found compelling evidence to say, well, this is definitely God, but let me ask you this. If I was to say to you- Change the subject. Okay, we'll change some of this question, sure. <laughs> if I was to say to you, uh, uh, I can remember the future, it, does that violate the oh. laws of logic? No, you would just it would just have a different understanding of time and space. So we uh, okay. we attribute remembering. I mean, I mean, maybe the terms, right? Maybe you redefine those terms. We would say remembering means something that happened in the past. But could you? Could you understand or conceive of things that happened in the future and in the past? Or could there be a, a place where there is no future and no past? Sure, we could conceive of that, and that doesn't violate the laws of logic. Okay. I, I, I would think that you would be in a minority camp on that, but if that's how you view laws of logic, I would not quarrel too much with that. Okay. You know? Yeah. So you're saying is there's definitely a God. <laughs> <laughs> not quite. Okay. Right. Well, you're almost there. Well, what about what about why the, is there something rather than nothing um, in your in your position? You, I don't you, know why there's well, something. Well, you remain rather agnostic nothing. over everything. You right, know, I don't know. So, do you think that's a good question? Well, I think it's a good question to ask. Sure. Yeah. So, but do you ever try and figure out the answer? I do. I I, I look at the. But with the, someone as so skeptical as you, you seem to push the goalposts in places no one could score because there could be really no answer for you. That is true. I I look at alternatives that other people. Uh, don't want to look at right. because I think when you just constrain yourself to a certain position 
it limits your mind. So I have considered the theistic position. I've considered the natural position. But aren't position. you in that very statement constraining yourself to a certain position, which is I look at every position and I basically don't commit to any position. I'm just kind of looking at all the then positions. Then I would have to ask how you define constraining. I mean, are they on a par, really? Surely your listeners would disagree. <laughs> surely, <laughs> surely they would not. What, what I'm saying is you're, you're, you're saying to us... Oh, you uh, you just believe basically this as objective truth, and I don't I don't do that. I don't lock in. I'm not really. But but your own position is believing it up to be objectively true as well. So we all have we all have follow. a uh, a worldview. Yes, we all have a worldview. I don't think they're on a par or similar. Uh, is what I've been arguing. Okay, so you think your worldview is more rational than the Christian worldview? I, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm have yet to con- be convinced by reason. So, right. I, I would say yes, but I am willing to say no. It looks based on the new evidence I've been presented that my worldview was more irrational and the theistic one was more rational. Right. So I'm. I'm definitely open minded to to adopt. A new worldview, if I have to, I just don't find yours very. All right, well, let's give very you, reasonable. Let's give you one more piece of evidence, and then and then we can wrap this up. Human value. There's no God. How how can we have objective human value? If there's no God, how can we have objective human value? How do and, you? Well, well, I just want to preface this, just so the audience knows, Alex is very, very, very adamantly in favor of human rights, okay? Yes. He's very, very adamantly politically active. He Absolutely. fights for the little man, okay? Yes. He's, he's very into Supporter social justice. Social justice. Um, you know, and, and so so we want to know, He's okay, a man who has some convictions. Some from a naturalistic perspective, how do you ground human value and worth and dignity? And if you can't, what right do you have to go to other countries, other places, and other people saying you ought to value human life in the way that I do? So I'm just going to say that um, I I am not purporting to say that what I believe of human life is objectively true. I, oh. I, do not, wow. I do not know that. I would like to think it is. But uh, let me ask you this. Is it inconceivable that... Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Before, before you go on, before us. you go on... <laughs> Le- we need to, we need to be very clear. There's a difference between saying, <laughs> "Can you know something?" and saying, "Do you believe something is objective?" You keep responding to our our arguments as, "Well, I can't know that." No, we all agree, right? All right we okay. call could be a brain in a vat. We uh, we understand okay. philosophically you can't know anything, but based on what uh, what is helpful to move forward in life, we're saying, "Do you believe?" Human value, humans have objective value, yes or no? I do believe that, yes. Okay, how do you, how do you ground that if there is no God? So it's not possible to evolve moral precepts to value human God? Uh, to value human beings? It, yes. it is very possible, okay. but that would mean that our value would be completely arbitrary and based upon our evolutionary past. It, but just because it's arbitrary doesn't necessarily mean that it still can be an objective value. Yes, yeah, it does. I th- That's I exactly so. what it well, means. It, it, also, I, would, I would probably say... I could arbitrarily just meet you somewhere or... Uh, it doesn't mean that I can't value something just it, because it happened to arbitrarily present itself. Meaning it's not true transcendent of... What this people world. think this yeah. world. I don't see how arbitrary means it cannot be no, objective. objective. Arbitrary just means random, right? Okay, random doesn't imply. But, but 
but we could have evolved to value something else. We could have evolved to value life in a completely different way. That so don't true. you see that it wouldn't be objective. It would be just be contingent upon our evolutionary past. Therefore, it wouldn't be objective in any way. It would just well, be just subjectively be, based upon what... Well, just because it's contingent on our evolutionary past doesn't necessarily mean it's, it's not objective. Suppose that we all develop the same moral precepts. Right, right. Because after all, objective means... Well, I guess here is where we define objective differently. Uh Typically, objective is defined as when everybody subscribes to that. No, they all that's, agree. Not, that's not how they you define all agree. objective. But of course, theism defines it differently. Because no, not theism. The world. No, no, no. If, if that's how you want to define it, that's fine. Let, let me give you an example. But it wouldn't be true let independent me, I, Let me opinion. give you an example. Suppose I, I, we look at this wall, right? And we all come to the conclusion that it's white. Is That's subjective because we all use our own intellectual faculty. Our own judgment. consciousness. To, to judge that and because we all came at the same conclusion we could say it's objective it's all the same it's not left to an interpretation right that's what I mean by objective but, 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 and that's kind of what is, and that's is, how that term is used with the wall in, with the wall example it would be white independently if any human beings were here to view it that's true whereas, whereas human value and morality would be a little bit different because people have different values and different conceptions of how we should treat one another they're not all the same they're not all we don't we don't all look at human beings and say we should all value them in this way people have disagreements about that there's no yeah, reason for me to say you you're more valuable than an ant but see alex that, you're an ant that, that would be true if you were if we were we all evolved with different precepts but it seems that we have not evolved that way i think we all evolved with some kind of innate moral precepts okay pause right there what if what if you coming to a, a nazi and saying listen I, you evolved in the way to value everybody sir you're you just follow your evolutionary like what do you how do you how do you come at those kind of situations to say there are people right now in this world that are not valuing human life in the way that you value human life what reason could you give them to say that you ought to take your position over theirs? And if they're and if they're simply part of evolution, how dare you judge them because they've just simply evolved in the way that they should have? Yeah. Boom. <laughs> well, I like I began. Um, so are you saying you love Adolf Hitler? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> no. no. So I began by saying one possible explanation of why we evolve immoral traits. It's I'm not saying that's that that is indeed the case there's certainly many things that we do not know and of course i actually happen to believe based on our private discussions that we are subjective okay i don't even though i want to i want to hold to the view that we all value human life i personally do i can't say based on evolution that that is indeed the case that we evolved to be moral agents now that being said it doesn't, I don't think, necessarily follow. Therefore, because there's a, a deity, then we can value human life. I don't, I don't make that connection. So what I'm saying is that, okay. no, that you, yes, yeah. on an evolutionary, there's certain, there are many problems. There's still things we do not know. Uh, perhaps an evolutionary biologist will say we'll, we need to develop our frontal lobe and there will be more, we won't see the genocide of wars that we now do. I don't know. But uh, I don't I don't make the connection to theism automatically by negating uh, evolutionary. Well, I mean, to your last to your last point, even if we uh, evolve more frontal lobes and it got rid of genocide or war and violence, that says nothing to whether or not genocide, war and violence are wrong. 
you're you're bringing an assumption that they're wrong, an objective truth that humans have value. We shouldn't kill each other. What I'm saying is, if naturalism is true, why would we believe that? In fact, all over nature, it's based on the survival of the fittest. It's the exact opposite of that. So what we're saying is, if there is objective human value, which we all believe in, there has to be something transcendent that gives us that value, and naturalism does not explain it. So there must be something more, and God is a better explanation for that. So uh, I stated earlier that, yeah, if we're left to our own devices, we are inherently subjective beings. So if you're going to say there's a transcendent thing, yeah, I suppose, because now we have to uh, follow the law of this being, the more laws that this giver or being tells it. But let me ask you this. Would you say, uh, would, it be, would it be a moral right if God commanded you to kill innocent children? If he commanded you to do it. After all, he's a transcendent being. He's above <laughs> you. He gave, just gave you that commandment. Is it a moral good to do so? Well, I mean, we should point out there's, there's two different arguments here, right? You've now abandoned the original argument, which is human value. How so? I want to know well, how... Well, because we're talking about now the morality of a god or a deity. All right. Well, we can regress. The reason I ask that is... I want to know what your own moral precepts are. You say you value uh, human life, but the reason I said that is I'm, I'm, I'm following a thread here because ultimately it'll lead to deism. And so I wanted to point out that even if you're a theist, theist I think there are intrinsically some moral dilemmas that you ought to consider. And so therefore, it may delegitimize your theistic worldview uh, based on what you're asking me, how do I... So you're saying the Bible, you're saying there's things in the Bible that may be not difficult just the Bible, just, just Just in in general, any holy scriptures, but I'll, I'll, reach, I'll regress. So I cannot prove to you based on an evolutionary standpoint, ground objective moral truth. I, I cannot do that. I never have contended that I do. I would like to think that we've evolved to, sh- to share certain moral precepts, but it's possible that we I could be wrong because... I, we are subjective, you know. So I can't, I can't argue that point. I don't, I don't know, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Again, we can all agree that philosophically, right, we can't know for sure anything. If God told you to kill me, Jared, would you do it? That was Alex's question. Well, God wouldn't tell me to kill you right now because He's already given us revelation. So, so you wouldn't do based on my Christian worldview. If someone comes up and says to me, "God just told me to kill Anthony," I would say that's not God. How do I know that? Based on His revelation through His written Word and the message of Jesus Christ and what He tells us. See, the reason I ask that question is you have a moral dilemma on both sides, and I don't. How do I have a moral dilemma? How would you know if God told you to kill someone? Would you follow all of God's commands? Yes. Okay. So if he told you to kill someone, you would. If he actually told but, you to kill but someone, but he wouldn't. He's told oh. me. He he's told me the opposite. Okay. So right? you're, see, you're doing here what? Uh, well, no. Okay. What Richard Dawkins? What you got? What they do to the Richard Dawkins? They tell him a question and then he doesn't doesn't want to answer. You should just say yes. I would because he's all knowing. He's all in. Well, uh, what I want to be what I want to be careful of is because you're going to use the analogy. You're going to try to say. Uh, 
Okay, well, then there's plenty of crazy people who have said God told them to do this. Not necessarily. They, My point is that there's moral problems on both sides. No, there's not. The, the, the idea is, right, you, we can debate how do you know if God really told you to do something. That's a different debate. The original debate we were talking about was how do you ground human value? And I'm saying if there's no God, there's no grounding for it. So right. if you say I value humans have objective value, I'm saying you are stealing, to use Frank Turek's words, you're stealing from God <laughs> in order to make that statement. Let me ask, you value human life based on God, right? Yes. Okay. So then it will follow whatever God says to you. It's a moral good. But hold on. Let's let's follow this thread. We're going to do you're this talking again. about divine command theory, which is a different topic. But we can we can talk about that. So if the listener. To my point as a listener, it's it's very difficult for the theist once you give him this hypothetical because the moral dilemma seems to be inherent in both positions. So uh, even though they might, I they, think there, they may say that it's, it's more probable to have. I'm not going to avoid. I'm, I'm not going to avoid the the question. Say he's, the question. He's me. saying God wouldn't tell him to do that, Alex. He's saying God would not tell him to kill someone because God values all human life. That's why. Now, is there? If you want to bring up the Old Testament, were there times when God commanded yeah, people I think to most do that? Of it depends listen, on your exegesis. I think, I think listeners yes. already know the Old Testament, so they know exactly what I'm referring to. Yes, okay. <laughs> and if you want to talk about the Old Testament, which we have before. You could listen we, to our podcast by, with Paul Copan. Right. <laughs> we interviewed but him. There, is, there is also an idea of justice. So I'm not a pacifist as a Christian. I do think there are times that are appropriate to defend people their justice is necessary and we we talked about this earlier so i know yeah. you do believe in justice right yeah um so when god in the old testament is telling israel to go in and drive out these other nations it's not genocide it's twofold it's justice because these are nations who are committing child sacrifice and all types of atrocities where we okay. would look at today and go this is terrible you know, so going See back, how Alex go, flips go, the question around so, on you. Yeah, so, immediately uh, runs. So, <laughs> so let me uh, regress once again. So it seems that as a society, we have been uh, getting better. We're more civilized, and I, a lot of it started in the Enlightenment. We there's less wars. There's, uh, I encourage anybody who's listening to read uh, Stephen Pinker's Better Angel of Nature. He documents a, a lot of this, and we've become more pacified individuals. We're less, we're more cooperative. Is is that a moral I think that's a moral good where does that stem from it seems we're evolving because if we were inherently good in the image of God why weren't we this good as we are now from creation and it doesn't it, it, I don't I don't, well, I don't think Christian theology would say that we're good well t and two well, things sorry. two things I would say to that is number one first of all I would push back on Stephen Pinkard's uh, don't 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 push back on the Harvard professor here. Okay? Well, here's why he doesn't include he doesn't include abortion. Yeah, to but his even calculation. with abortion, you would much you would you you even, have more likely to not get pillaged and killed today than let's say mid, that may be true, and that's fine. Um, we have, but, 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 but we've become more pacified society. Well, he's creating a standard of what is good, right? He's creating. He's but most of us would agree with that standard. Yeah. Even if dis maybe discounting abortion or not. Maybe, but I'm not. I, I, that's not an exhaustive. St just just lifespan is not the only definition well, of like, what what a what a good and desirable life looks like. It sure is a good indicator, won't you say? It is a indicator. It's not the only indicator. 
you could live a hundred years and it'd be a terrible life, or you could live thirty years and it'd well, be an amazing well, life. Well, the, so, the quality of life has to come into it as well, and the quality of life today is a lot better than it was my point, fifty years ago. My point is how you ago. define quality of life. Like there are certain people, right, who who would argue there's certain things as we get older that are that are not good. So my point is he's coming in with with certain presuppositions about what's good and what's bad. He's he has objective stance on good and bad. And then he's making judgments about where we live now based on history, um, which is fine. Let's let's say that he's right. It still doesn't point to is there grounding to believe that we should even care about human value? Why should I even care about See, that? Why Sam should I care should about say human that If you want to ask that question, it's a stupid and moronic question, and we shouldn't even have this conversation. Okay, so he's attacking he's attacking me as a person. That's fine, <laughs> but you have to you you have to give a grounding. Is it possible to you that we're just evolving right now to be more good moral agents as of now? What is good? Where does good come from? Good and evil only exists if there's a God. So you're saying we have, you could say, you can't use the word good. You could say we're evolving to um, have greater human flourishing okay, or we're evolving, sure, to, sure, we're evolving to live longer. And that's fine. But I would say. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll use that term instead. Okay. So, so do, do you believe that we're doing that now that we're still evolving for human flourishing? Now. Sure. I think the more, the, the more that the longer we exist, the longer we're going to live and so all those type of things. You don't. Is human flourishing a good a good thing for you? Is there a vice? What is that? I think it's a good thing. What I'm saying is, what grounding do you have to say it's a good thing? Because under naturalism, under naturalism, if tomorrow a meteor came and wiped out all of humanity, but that allowed for a certain type of bacteria or a certain other animal life to flourish because humans no longer around, who am I to say that that wasn't better? So my point is, under naturalism, there's no grounding for human value. So you can talk about human flourishing, but why is that somehow the goal? I'm sorry. When you say human f- value, you mean the way we interact with each other, not. So if a meteorite hits the planet, that's. I don't think that's any bear- bearing on whether I value you as a human being. No, I'm saying the- what I'm saying is human flourishing. I think is a good thing, but I think it's a good thing because I have a reason to believe in objective human value, which is belief in God. If you're a naturalist, human flourishing, you may like human flourishing, but it's not objectively good more than mosquito flourishing or more than leech flourishing. No, I disagree with that. It's human flourishing. It's human. We're flourishing. Why Why is that an objective goal? That's what I because, don't understand. Because human beings, okay, have evolved frontal lobes and can suffer greatly and experience pleasure greatly more great than any of these other lower forms of life. So therefore, we should value that life more because it could experience pleasure and pain at a greater level than these other lives. Do you agree with that? It, that's what Sam Harris would say. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Okay. And if okay. an alien's race came... No, no, no. Okay, and, yeah. So tomorrow, an yeah. alien species shows up and they said, we need your planet to survive. They're yeah. far more advanced than and us. And they could experience pleasure and pain in a way and, we and can't even far, comprehend. Right. And they said, in order for We're us to ants, survive, you so all that, have to die. Yeah. To be consistent, yeah. That would, 
Wow. But, but this. Wow. But, but so human. About, so human. No, but we're so talking about right. Sam Harrison. Yeah, too. but we're so talking human, human value is gone. We don't. We don't. We don't. You have see, to, here's where you're conflating. When you say human value, we're talking about our relationships to each other. No, I'm talking about objective human value. We're using the term objective. That's subjective. Objective means it's transcendent beyond us. We have value. Because when is, you say human value, you mean you you wouldn't go kill another human, right? Yeah, it's your why, relation to your own species. But why wouldn't I go? And so kill your example another? of an alien is 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 doesn't apply here. Uh, we're talking about how we relate to our own species. No, but you would say to the alien race, you shouldn't kill us because we have value. In your world, in your worldview, they would say, no, you don't, and you couldn't argue with it. If an alien race showed up tomorrow and said, we're going to wipe you off the planet, I would still say, no, we have value because we've been made in the image of God. Really? Because if an alien race came tomorrow and said that we're going to wipe you off the planet, I would have serious doubts about Christian theology. Well, you would <laughs> you would be pooping your pants. Why would an alien race make if you an doubt alien race Christian is theology? coming down with advanced weaponry alien and like coming down and saying, we're going to destroy you now, be prepared, we need your planet to survive that seems to be different than the classical christian eschatology maybe maybe not maybe it's gonna make you rethink things oh, maybe, maybe that's the final uh oh maybe that's the, that's the tribulation that's the tribulation <laughs> i wouldn't think an alien race would uh destroy christianity uh. but nevertheless i mean haven't you uh haven't you seen the the movie um dang it what's the movie and i'm trying to think of the, independence day <laughs> come on right they come down we can we can beat them guys uh. No, I still think that in, in the context you're using it, you're referring to our relations to one another. No, I'm not. When I say human right. value, I'm saying value that is outside of people's opinions. We have value because we were made by someone who has ultimate value. Made in the image of God means that that's where our value derives from. It doesn't derive from what we think about each other, which is what it's you're trying to say. It's possible that also we've evolved to create that, to actually create deities precisely f to to be more moral agents yes but, but then that's subjective yeah, it's it not objective yeah i know i'm not okay, saying okay so then you can see the argument if there is objective human value there has to be a god well first of all i began i think by saying that even if there is i don't know if there is i like to think there is there's no way of you i think proving there is it that we've, it is objective yes i'm not gonna we've say we've said that many times over and over again we know we can't prove it so that's, if you can't prove it why should I believe you? Because you can't prove anything. You can't what? prove you exist right now. So no, why no, believe no. it? Okay. okay. <laughs> but, well, what the whole point is, most people accept it. Okay, most people accept that human beings have value. Yeah. Most people accept that objective morality exists. Yeah. Most people believe yeah, right. that these things are actual. So if you do believe these things, it makes sense that an objective moral standard, therefore an objective moral well, agent, has given them to us. A consensus doesn't always necessarily imply validity. I no, it doesn't. Think, you know? It doesn't. The but majority most, can be believe something. It doesn't mean most that it's people, true. Most people would look at something like torturing a child for fun, like we said in the beginning. Yeah. And, and and take that as um, something that's objectively wrong, independent of opinion. Yeah. Most people like. Do like, you think that your moral precepts can be clouded by your social conditioning and dispositions? Yes, I, I do. Okay. But that, do you but, take but, that into account when you make moral moral judgments? I would say that this is an argument about epistemology. We were just arguing about ontology. Epistemology is how do we know what we know? So how do we well, know I, what's moral? How do we know? How do we get to what's moral? That's a separate issue to whether moral 
moral values are actually ontologically grounded in something that's objective. That's what I'm so saying. So if we can't even know the epistemology, how could you even go to ontology if you can't well, even you have know to first it? Well, ontology the, is first. You first have to establish whether morality is objective. And if once we've argued yeah. and, and established that, then we could go to epistemology. Okay, so then how do we know what is moral and what's not yeah. moral? How do we come to those conclusions? And maybe but establishing what objective morality is doesn't mean that that exists in other words you can describe what would constitute objective morality but right. does that actually exist it's completely a separate issue well by definition if it's objective then it exists outside of your opinion so that's why ontology always comes before epistemology gentlemen this has been fun alex has it <laughs> i've enjoyed it i mean i sure have uh, this list- is what our conversations are like basically <laughs> we, every Friday. We go, yeah, we go over the, these uh, topics always, and always. and I don't think it ever gets exhausting. <laughs> <laughs>